This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Over the last few days, the news of who is participating at the Synod has been released. And while it is ostensibly a Synod of the Bishops of the Church, the reality is that it's a Synod of Bishops who have been invited, as well as a Synod of those laity and priests and schismatics invited by Rome. Among the priests include Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church, there to promote his schism and heresy. The bishops who will be participating are eye-opening as well. We'll focus here on really two bishops worth commenting on before we move into the schismatics who are going to be participating. And we'll be focusing on these bishops because it illustrates sort of a dichotomy in the factions of those bishops invited to participate. Remember, not all of the bishops of the world will be participating in this next phase of the Synod of Bishops. Instead, bishops invited by Francis, as well as some priests and laity invited by him will participate, as well as some schismatic observers. Some of those invited who have been openly hostile to what the synodal process has produced so far include Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, who told the laity to resist any bishop who implements anything evil that might be the final product of the synod of synodality, which tells you where he's thinking this is all going. Basically, Mueller is saying that if the synod okays the James Martin sin or deaconettes or anything like that, the bishops who authorize that and the bishops who go along with it will have surrendered their authority, and then you have no duty to listen to them anymore. No, he didn't need his permission anyway to do that, but it's still good to have it. And incidentally, Archbishop Vigano took to Twitter a few days ago and echoed Cardinal Mueller's sentiment on this as well. Anyway, let's really dive into the main story here. Now let's begin with the curious case of Cardinal Ladaria, who had been invited by Francis to participate in the Synod of Bishops meeting that's starting here in just a few days. See, as it turns out, Cardinal Ladaria was the former prefect for the now Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith, formerly the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. He served under Francis, probably isn't in general opposed to Francis's approach or reforms of the church and his reforms of the church's structures and the rest of his weird program. Lodaria turned heads this week when he suddenly said he wasn't going to participate. Edward Penton, a journalist for the National Catholic Register, reported this on Twitter, and he did it this way, quote, Cardinal Luis Lodaria Ferrer, the former prefect for the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, won't now be taking part in the Synod on Synodality at his own request. No other reason has been given, end quote. This was echoed by a journalist from the other side of the internal church divide, Christopher Lamb, who writes for the tablet out of the UK. The tablet is basically America magazine for the UK to give you an idea of its leanings. He writes this on Twitter, quote, Cardinal Luis Ladaria, the Holy See's former doctrine priest, won't take part in the forthcoming Synod Assembly. He was chosen by the Pope to participate, but organizers say he has requested to bow out of the gathering, end quote. And that is a very curious request to be making on the eve of the synod itself, especially for a cardinal who has previously been instrumental in Francis achieving the goals he has of so-called reforming the church and her structures. But the story gets stranger even. Damien Thompson, editor for The Standard, says that this has to do with the Father Rupnik mess. He posted this on Twitter, quote, This is from a well-connected source. The irony is that if the MSM, mainstream media, get round to reporting the latest astonishing Rupnik developments, the Synod could become a sideshow. <laughs> End quote. You can see there that he's tweeting a screenshot of a message he received from his trusted anonymous source, likely in the Roman Curia. 
since that is where someone would have to be placed to be able to leak information like that. But the fear is that because of the Father Rupnik mess, the Synod could become a sideshow. Look, I hate to break it to the Cardinal, but the Synod is already a sideshow. If you're not familiar with the Father Rupnik story, I did a video on that last week. But the short version is this. Father Rupnik violated his vows of celibacy as a priest. He did, and it wasn't just a one-time thing, he was a habitual thing. He liked to do this with nuns. He would coerce them to violating their promises with him. Then he would violate canon law by using his power as a priest to absolve them of their sins. He was able he was to be excommunicated for his act to lose his rather posh position as one of the purveyors of some rather unsettling but otherwise officially sanctioned art for the Vatican because of all this. But then something strange happened. It came out that Francis was protecting him. Their quest to excommunicate Rupnik was received by Francis and basically ignored. This sent shockwaves throughout the church in Europe, to put it mildly, but Americans were largely unimpressed by this turn of events except on Twitter. You can see the video I made last week on this for more information. But Cardinal Ladaria didn't want to participate in this next phase of the Synod, largely out of protest to what had happened with Father Rupnik, and good for him on that. Now, you might be tempted to think, well, one less Bergolian is participating in the Synod. That's a good thing, I guess, right? And you might be right, but the Synod is stacked with Bergolians. We get this story from Edward Penton as well. He was writing this over at the National Catholic Register. The Register is the print arm of EWTN, to give you an idea. Here we see another cardinal who is participating in the Synod, openly advocating for changing what the faith teaches on that sin that James Martin has a rather unhealthy interest in for a priest. Sacred scripture inerrantly teaches that the sin in question cries out to heaven for justice, or vengeance, depending on how you on your translation. But many of the modernists, James Martin included, have openly and publicly said that they think scripture got that sin wrong, if you can believe it. This cardinal echoes that sentiment in his actions, if not in his words, when he pushes for this change to church teaching. He does so by equating the pull that those who live with the James Martin inclination and who self-identify with it and who adopt that sinful life have to do the regular forms that conform to nature. And of course, he invokes love like any good secularist would. He compares it to the natural thing and he, call, and he calls it love. He does this in the form of a pastoral letter that he just released to his diocese just before the start of the synod with the aim of influencing how the synod de deliberates this topic. So from the article, quote, the archbishop's words are made in the context of assigning great importance to accompaniment, a term that figures prominently throughout the document, and he underlined that the Christian community must, quote, assume the responsibility of teaching about love in all its dimensions of the flesh. Riccardo Cassioli, writing in the Catholic daily La Nueva Busoya Quotidiana, which he edits, believes that, though such guidelines, the archbishop Diocese of Milan fully embraces the line drawn by the James Martin lobby that has now taken command of the Catholic Church. That's a heck of an accusation, folks, by the way. Accompaniment is the watchword, he said, but to where is not clear. Certainly everyone must discover his or her own vocation of love, but this love is such a vague concept that anything can be put into it, and all adults must listen, engage in dialogue, but never, it seems to be understood, must they affirm what is good and what is evil, what is true love and what are lies. Instead, he pointed out that guidelines must insist that no one must be allowed to be led to think of being wronged or of being wrong. 
The guidelines are timed to be a contribution to next month's Synod on Synodality in Rome, Cassioli believes. Nothing that his newspaper has been saying for some time now that one of the main objectives of the Synod will be to normalize the James Martin inclination, he said. Milan is in the front row right away, end quote. The editor of the Italian Journal also notes in the article that the real aim is to not welcome those with the what we're talking about here, but to actually make those inclinations accepted in the church itself. That would require categorically rejecting what the church teaches and has taught since the beginning on this particular issue, as well as denying the inerrant nature of sacred scripture. Remember, James Martin has publicly disagreed with sacred scripture on this. The bishop responsible for this, Archbishop Mario Delpini of Milan, which is, by the way, Europe's largest diocese in terms of numbers of practicing Catholics, is a participant at the Synod. America Magazine goes over kind of broadly who else is participating at the Synod in a recent article. Now, this list includes two bishops from uh, Cardinal Zen's home country. Actually, it's several of them, but the two most recent ones added are not bishops from the underground church, but party-approved bishops, meaning heretical pseudo-bishops, whose allegiances are to politics first, and Christ maybe somewhere further down the line? can't really tell with these guys, and you, and you don't become a bishop with state approval in that country if you're loyal to Christ and his church before the state. Men like that have to operate in the shadows, or they have to go to jail. In total, though, 364 bishops will participate, plus Francis. Another approximately 100 laypersons, including 81 women, priests and bishops will assist at the synod, making leaks a guaranteed thing despite the efforts of the Vatican to operate this phase of the synod in secret. You get more of this from America Magazine, and it shows that the Synod is going to include even schismatic non-Catholic groups. Quote, The total number of participants at the Synod, however, is 464, of whom 81 are women. This number includes experts and fraternal delegates. Furthermore, the 61 experts and facilitators do not have a vote at the Synod. The same is true for 12 fraternal delegates, who will attend the Synod, including from several Orthodox churches, and the Ecumenical Patriarchate, the Anglican Communion, the World Methodist Council, the World Communion of Reformed Churches, the World Baptist Alliance, the World Pentecostal Fraternity, and the Disciples of Christ. Giacomo Costa, S.J., the Italian-born Special Secretary to the Synod, presented the calendar of work events for the Synod. There will be an ecumenical prayer vigil on September 30th, followed by a retreat for all members that will be held outside Rome from the evening of September 30th to the oct evening of October 3rd. The retreat will be conducted by Timothy Radcliffe, OP, the for English former Master General of the Dominicans, and Maria Angelini, OSB, a Benedictine abbess from northern Italy. The Synod will officially open with a Mass in St. Peter's Square on the morning of October 4th. The calendar reveals the methodology that will be followed whereby over the month-long ecclesial events, October 4th to the 29th, members will focus on five modules as outlined in the working document, the Instrumentum Laboris, which was established on June 20th. The five modules are Toward a Synodal Church, Communion, Mission, Participation, and a Synthesis Document. End quote. So to be clear, the Synod is an ecumenical meeting where the bishops will meet with laity and non-voting delegates from schismatic heretical groups and discuss how the Catholic Church should operate and view its gospel-driven mission. If that makes sense to you, please enlighten me, because I don't understand 
what the church can learn from schismatic heretical groups. Nor do I understand what the successors of the apostles hope to learn about authentically living the gospel from laity, or even why those prohibited from speaking in, ch in church events according to the first letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verse 12, why they're participating. If you know, enlighten me, please, because I'm left with the impression that this synod is many things, but Catholic is not one of them. It looks secular to me. Maybe I'm wrong. If so, feel free to enlighten me in the comments, please. And also, hit that like and subscribe button if you can, and share this on social media if you can. That helps a lot as well. So always pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.